0: let's pray loving father uh, thank you for causing your the Bible to be written and that the words on the page here are your words and in these words is life we pray that you'd help us to hear them and receive that life tonight and celebrate that life and we pray in Jesus name amen well I want to address a pretty basic question tonight and that is why be a Christian Uh, i once worked uh, at a church in an area where there were lots of uh, business people and a couple in the church were members of the sydney city rotary club and they invited me along to a lunchtime meeting at one stage so uh, i put on my suit and i hopped on the bus and i went in uh, to this hotel and in the ballroom was the 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 meeting of the sydney city rotary club Um, my friends met me outside they brought me in through the process they gave me my name tag And um, I was seated at a table with uh, these other people. And I was introduced around the table. And uh, my friends were whispering in my ear at who I was meeting. And this is the head of this law firm. And this is the CEO of this company, and so forth. And hello, this is our minister, uh, Steve. Um, And the speaker for the event was uh, a state politician. I think it was John Brogdon, who was the opposition leader. And it was all very interesting. And everybody was very friendly and welcoming towards me. and i found it quite fascinating because the question in my mind really was why are you all here like what is it that you like about this what 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 do you see in this rotary thing that's that's bringing you here uh, all the time um and i decided it was probably mostly about two things number one they raised money for charity and number two they networked with each other and that was probably what my friends seemed to enjoy they, they liked working the room and getting around and introducing everybody and getting to know everybody Um, so charity and networking and both of those things are great and it really suited my friends Uh, probably didn't suit me so much church uh, is probably just as mysterious to some people Uh, some people might come here and they might think okay what what are you all doing here what is this really all about Um, why do all these people come here each week and and why should i join you they might think Uh, lots of people think they know what christianity is all about uh, but we do need to get our answer from the Bible, and I think that Acts 13 gives us a fairly clear answer. Uh, this, uh, what Jose just read for us uh, is an example of an early sermon preached by an apostle, the Apostle Paul, as the Gospel was first, first being launched into the world, the book of Acts here. Um, Paul was in a Jewish synagogue in a city called Antioch in a region of the Roman Empire called Pisidia. He himself was a Jew, So it was the sabbath day and he went into this synagogue and he was invited to get up and give a word of exhortation to to the congregation which he did and this is what he said and i want really to start at the end of what he says go straight to the conclusion where he states the basic central fact about the christian faith that is that being a christian is about being saved that's the most important thing salvation is central Um, so if you walk out of here and you can't remember anything else The center of being a christian is about being saved in verse 23 paul refers to jesus as the savior Uh, in verse 26 he refers to this message of salvation which he's speaking so a christian is somebody who has been saved that is who knows jesus as their savior now jesus can be lots of things to lots of different people to some people he's this hippie style guru to other people he's this very incisive moral teacher to other people he's a scary judge maybe to other people he's he's this amazing miracle worker who can almost do magic but as a christian first of all what is jesus he is my savior what does that mean well going to paul's conclusion and i think the the really big verses in this sermon are verses 38 and 39 he says therefore my friends i want you to know that through jesus the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you through him everyone who believes is set free from every sin a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. So that's what it means to be saved. And there are two key words in those verses that describe salvation or, or tell us what it's about. And they are the word forgiveness and the word justification. Now, forgiveness is God's decision to not hold our sins against us. It's not something that God has to do for anyone, it's not something that automatically happens for everybody. It's, of course, God forgives our sins. No, it doesn't automatically happen, and he doesn't have to do it. Uh, imagine somebody bumps into your car at Springwood IGA. You know, you're not there, you're in there shopping, and somebody bumps your car and you get back and there is the dent in the side of the car. Hand off if it's happened to you. Yeah, there we go. Springwood IGA. But just imagine that your car has a dash cam in it and it captures movement and that sort of thing. And so you go home and you plug it into your computer and you recognize the person who did it uh they guiltily get out of the car and they look and then they just sneakily hop back in and drive away and you recognize them they live just around the corner from your house so you go to their house and you knock on their door and you confront them and they say oh i'm so sorry but i just knew i wouldn't be able to pay for it i'm unemployed i can't can't even afford the rent now you might go after them and you might make them pay what they owe i mean maybe you're unemployed and you can't afford the rent so you need the money but on the other hand you might Forgive them in which case what does that mean it means you don't make them pay it means you pay for their mistake and if you forgive them thoroughly and properly then even within yourself you don't hold it against them they're not your enemy you don't want to take vengeance against them that's forgiveness christian salvation means being forgiven by god for all the ways and all the times that we haven't lived the way we should have all the times that we've wronged god Um, it means being saved from the consequences of your sin and knowing that God doesn't hold that sin against you and you're not going to have to pay for it because He will pay for it. And when you consider that there's a large part of each of us that ignores God and just does whatever we want, on a daily basis or on a moment-by-moment basis, we're always oriented towards what we want and what's going to be best for us. Uh, God is our Creator He deserves that we should serve him with everything we have which is why he made us uh, to worship and glorify him but we don't do it sometimes we just downright disobey what we know he would have us do because we don't want to do it we offend him regularly and habitually and so if he chooses to forgive our sins a whole lifetime of those moment by moment sins and attitudes then it is a huge debt that he is saying i will pay for it is an amazing salvation So that's the first thing is forgiveness the second word that describes christian salvation is justification so forgiveness is about our sin forgiveness is what god says about our sins i'll pay but justification is what god says about us that is they're righteous they are in the clear paul says here that this is a justification you are not able to obtain under the law of moses the jews were trying to make themselves righteous by following the law of moses following the law being good uh, they thought they could sort of climb the ladder and attain righteousness and get, getting to that point of gold star from god yes you are a righteous person uh, but no one gets 100 percent in this exam no one is able to climb all the way to the top of that ladder and uh, get that gold star on their own merits paul says that in the christian faith You don't earn your own righteousness if you are forgiven then God declares you righteous despite your sin and that's justification God justifies sinners he declares they are in the clear they are right with me even though they have sinned Um, Joe and I went to a tropical resort last year it was a special occasion so a big treat holiday Uh, we went to this tropical resort and within the tropical resort on top of the hill was a special exclusive club. Um, I don't know if all tropical resorts have these special exclusive clubs within them, probably. Uh, And this club served complimentary high tea every afternoon. Uh, And we had not paid for access to this club, but um, for a variety of reasons, we thought maybe maybe we have access anyway. And so one afternoon (laughs) we went and decided to, to go for the high tea. And we just kind of said, oh, we're in this room. Uh, do you th- can we have high tea? And the person on the reception desk said, yes, come in. And we thought, great, we're, we're in the club. So we, were, we went into the club, and we were seated for high tea. And they brought the, you know, the three-tier sandwich thing and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but then the supervisor came. And uh, she said very politely that, in fact, I'm sorry, you, you don't qualify for access to the club. Now, we'll let you stay and eat what you have now. But don't come back here again is what she said in a polite sort of way and so we ate in shame and then we left as outcasts because we hadn't paid and we didn't deserve to be there have you ever wondered how could anybody feel at home in heaven Uh, how could anybody get to heaven and sit back and think yep this is where I belong I've made it I'm qualified for this some people probably think they they have been good enough and they do belong in heaven but they are the people who don't see themselves accurately and they don't see god properly either they don't see their own sin they don't see god's holiness if they think that they can get into heaven and just go yep this place was made for me surely when we face god there will be no more pretending and our sins will come back to us and it'll be obvious that we don't qualify to be there but being justified god has said you are right with me You are righteous. God puts the gold star badge onto the the sinner and says, you belong with me. And it's on that basis that a Christian believes that they don't belong in hell, even though they're a sinner, they're going to heaven. And that is justification. The gold star put on a sinner saying righteous. And that is Christian salvation. And God gives that salvation. God forgives, He justifies to everybody who believes. As Paul says here that is anybody who puts their trust puts their belief in Jesus as their saviour everybody who admits their sin and asks to be forgiven and justified on the basis of what Jesus has done receives salvation and so what Paul is saying here to these people is enormously significant until this point there was no way for anybody to properly come back to God uh, the door to heaven was not open and nobody was, was there. There was no one in that club enjoying the high tea. There was no real solution for sin until this point and now uh, Paul says, this is what Jesus has done. Now I'm declaring to you that there is forgiveness and justification. There is a saviour. The door is now open, is what Paul is saying. And in the arc of the Bible story, the opening of that door, it really is the high point of all of history, yeah, up until this point, there was no proper way to be right with God and now God has done something and it's changed everything. Now, Paul was speaking here in a synagogue to Jewish people, as I said, who'd been God's special people for centuries, the Jews. Uh, if the door wasn't opened until Jesus, then where do they fit in? Why, why, how? How is it that they were God's people all the way through up until this point? Well, in the early part of this sermon, Paul has said to these people, you that is the nation of israel are the thread in history that leads to jesus god used your nation to prepare the way for the saviour over the centuries so jesus when he came the saviour didn't come out of the blue the saviour was promised to israel so paul goes through this tiny little history of israel as we read uh, from abraham through to john the baptist god chose them he rescued them he put up with them he established them in the land God then gave them judges and gave them kings and King David was the greatest of their kings, he was the highlight but he wasn't the saviour, one of his descendants would be the saviour and John the Baptist wasn't the saviour, he said, no somebody much greater than me is coming after me. So the point here is that the message of salvation, this incredible message of forgiveness and justification did not arrive uncooked. God had slow cooked it for centuries through the history of israel up to this point so that when it arrived it could be recognized and so it was perfectly ready to serve at the time that jesus came so when jesus arrived the stage had been set the pattern and the promise of salvation had already been established and when he'd arrived that is the high point of the history of the world the promise of salvation was then fulfilled through israel And the choices that they made about jesus and so paul outlines that as well Uh, they decided they didn't like jesus they chose to condemn jesus they had jesus killed unjustly by the romans they buried him in a tomb but notice there as paul was saying that he kept saying things like they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every sabbath even as they were disobeying god verse 27 and they carried out all that was written about him in verse 29 So they were making their choices about Jesus but at the same time they were fulfilling the very promises that God had made to their own nation. So they did exactly what God planned would happen and which is what needed to happen, that is the great king would have to come and save God's people, the great sacrifice had to be made to pay for sins, that is the price of God's forgiveness and it all came together in Jesus um, in line with God's patterns and promises. Paul says, then God raised him from the dead and he appeared to his disciples over many days and they are now the witnesses that Jesus is alive. And again, exactly according to the Old Testament script in verses 31 and 32, what God promised our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us by raising up Jesus. And then he quotes these other Old Testament passages that God would exalt his son, that uh, God would raise him from the dead so that he would not see decay So how do we know that jesus is in fact the high point of history well because god gave the big sign that is he raised jesus from the dead and i mean that's the biggest sign that the world had seen thus far he raised this person from the dead and it wasn't just a temporary resurrection you know you can have another 30 years of life and then you'll die um so enjoy that 30 years no a permanent resurrection never to die again signalling the fact that the door to eternity and to heaven was now open and so this is the big sign so how do you and i know that the message of salvation is true Uh, how do i know that i am really forgiven and justified through jesus i mean it's easy to say but is it just wishful thinking well i look at the flow of history as the bible presents it and how jesus fits the patterns and the promises perfectly and i asked myself is there a good reason to believe that jesus rose from the dead and that there is something beyond this life and that the door to heaven is now open because there is jesus alive there is good reason to believe that in fact um, better reasons than to not believe it so the challenge that paul was giving to these people as he preached in their synagogue in acts chapter 13 was that god had used their history to prepare for the savior And he'd used their nation to raise up the Saviour and then to kill him as the great sacrifice. And now they needed to get on the right side of history and put their faith in Jesus if they wanted to be on the right side of God. And it's the same for us. We need to look back at that history and see what God has done and see, right, if I get on the right side of that, then I'm on the right side of God. Paul's message ends with the warning, verses 40 and 41. Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you look you scoffers wonder and perish for i'm going to do something in your days that you would never believe even if someone told you so there were going to be scoffers not everyone is going to believe Uh, further on in acts chapter 13 the reaction to the sermon is that some people did scoff and they set themselves against this message Uh, they were jews and they felt they'd earned their place and they hated the idea that other people might get in for free so they chose to scoff rather than to believe People today obviously have different reasons for scoffing but they still scoff and maybe they think they're very clever and scientific and someone can't rise from the dead or whatever they don't want it to be true so they don't believe it they don't want to hand over their lives to jesus so they refuse to believe it and they remain unforgiven on the wrong wrong side of god but why be a christian Uh, what is this all about well the center of what's going on here is something that is both wonderful and credible because god has done it in the open god has worked a plan in history through the nation of israel that uh, uh, led to the sending of jesus the savior Uh, the death and resurrection of jesus has opened the door to forgiveness that is god no longer holding our sins against us and justification that is god declaring us that declaring that we are righteous eternally and everyone who believes in jesus as their savior receives that salvation Now, I don't know if you're grasping how wonderful it is that this is true, Um, but when when we heard the sad news uh, that our our friend and mission partner Karen passed away, um, I just got the phone call yesterday afternoon to tell me that she had died, and it was a bit of a shock. Um, It's it's sad because we knew her and we supported her work in in Japan and in the Middle East, and now she's just kind of left that behind. She's left this life behind. And it was sudden and it was a bit of a shock and of course it happens to all of us Um, for me that idea of death really brings the importance of this message into focus it's important that you live this life right with god it's a better way to live right with god than out of step with god but it's so important when we think about death because death strips away all the stuff that doesn't matter i'm going to leave all of this behind one day and what is going to matter at that point um maybe all the petty reasons for scoffing are going to be left behind when you think about death there is nothing more important than knowing jesus the savior and being forgiven and being on the right side of god and having eternal life and paul is saying here, it has arrived this is what i'm announcing to you says paul it's here it's available so i'd like to finish with a simple prayer to receive this salvation through jesus that is to put your trust in jesus Um, if the prayer is printed on the um on the outline as it has been for the last few weeks Um, but if you read the prayer you'll you'll see what it involves to put your faith in jesus and what you might say to god and so i'm just going to pray through the prayer and you might like to make it your own um, and respond to jesus it might be the first time it might be the the hundredth time for you Uh, but let's pray this prayer And make it our own if you're comfortable to do so. Merciful God, thank you for your plan of salvation. Thank you for the patterns and promises of the Old Testament, which help us to understand who Jesus is and why he came. Thank you that through him I can be forgiven and justified. I turn away from my sin and unbelief. And put my faith in jesus as my savior please help me to live by that faith from now on in jesus name amen